talk them anytime you want at your virtue restaurant. Welcome back, humans. Welcome to the Virtue Restaurant episode on poverty. Our menu title for this virtue is Cheap Eats. Cheap Eats. Because if you're poor, you can't spend much on food. Makes sense. (laughs) It's pretty obvious. Okay, jumping right into the dialogue, we are on starting on page 318. This is the section titled Divine Providence. God says to Catherine, Oh, what a heavy weight these are to their conscience. They are so heavy that they can neither run along this road of pilgrimage nor pass through the narrow gate. It's a reference to uh, Matthew seven thirteen to 14 Thus, my truth said in the Holy Gospel that it is more impossible for a rich person to enter eternal life than for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. Such are those who possess or desire wealth with miserably disordered affection. For there are many who are poor, as I have told you, who by their disordered affection possess the whole world with their will, if only they could have it. They cannot pass through the gate because it is narrow and low. Only if they throw their load to the ground and restrain their affection for the world and bow their head in humility will they be able to pass through. And there is no other gate but this that leads to eternal life. We're going to pause there and reflect on how God is quoting what Jesus says in the gospel about it being very difficult for those who are rich to enter the kingdom. It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. But there's something interesting here that God says I wanted to highlight. There are many poor, there are many who are poor, as I have told you, who by their disordered affection possess the whole world with their will, if only they could have it. What does God mean there? There are poor people who by their disordered affection possess the whole world with their will, if only they could have it. It's not clear whether God's talking about people who really are destitute and poor. He may be referring to them as Mother Teresa did, those who are spiritually poor, that want to possess the whole world in their will. They already possess it in their mind. They've already deceived themselves that they possess it. They could just have it. If I could just control the entire world. And God says, those people are poor. Those people are poor. The gate is broad that leads to eternal damnation. And blind as they are, it seems they do not see their own destruction. For even in this life, they have a foretaste of hell. They are always suffering because they are wanting more than they can have. They suffer over what they do not have, and what they lose, they lose with grief. Their grief is as great as was their love in possessing. They lose all affection for their neighbors and have no care for acquiring virtue. So God's talking about these people that are obsessed with things, with stuff, with possessions, with wealth. And they suffer. They already experience hell. A foretaste of hell is they're suffering over 
losing these things and just wanting more. They're never satisfied. And when they do lose it, they lose it with grief. And he says their grief is as great as their, as was their love in possessing. They clung to it. And now that they've lost it, they cling to that grief. It's equally as bad. And then they lose all affection for their neighbors and have no care for acquiring virtue. They just turn in on themselves and they don't care about anyone else. If you've ever read The Lord of the Rings or watched the movies, you see this in Gollum, you know, in The Hobbit, you see this. Gollum is obsessed with all the stuff he has. He's living down in this dark, dank cave. He doesn't care about anyone or anything except that ring. That one thing, and he suffers so much. Oh, rottenness of the world, not the things of the world in themselves, because I created everything good and perfect, but rotten are those who seek and keep these things with disordered love. Dearest daughter, your tongue could never tell how many are the evils that come from this. They see and experience them every day, but they do not want to see or recognize their harmfulness. These are the people that are truly poor. They have so much and they're so afraid of losing it. Or they're so obsessed with getting more that they turn in on themselves and they don't care about anyone else and they don't care about growing in virtue. God says these are the people that are truly poor. We're going to pause there. And when we come back, God is going to explain those who have been spiritually motivated to accept voluntary poverty. Be right back after the break. Okay, back from our break. God has already illustrated to Catherine those who are truly poor because they're obsessed with wealth and possessions. And then he says, I have touched on these few things because I want you to know better the treasure of spiritually motivated voluntary poverty. Who knows it? My beloved poor servants, who in order to be able to travel this road and enter through this narrow gate, have thrown to the ground the burden of riches. Some throw it down both in fact and in spirit. These are those who observe both the commandments and the counsels, in fact as well as in spirit. So what God is saying there is they are both materially poor and spiritually poor. They don't possess many things, and they also are not proud. The others observe the counsels in spirit only, stripping themselves of attachment to wealth so that they do not possess it with disordered love but with holy fear. In fact, they are not so much possessors of it as distributors for the poor. So God's talking about people here who don't not have things. They're not materially poor. They do have possessions, but they're not attached to them with a disordered love. They're willing to share them. This is good, but the first way is perfect, more fruitful and less encumbered, and there my providence is more clearly reflected in actuality. Both the one and the other bow their heads, making themselves small in true humility, but because I have told you elsewhere about the second, if you remember well, I did tell you something about it, so God's, he already explained to Catherine those who have possessions but share them, I will now tell you about only the first. I have shown you how every evil harm and suffering in this life and in the next comes from selfish love of riches. 
Now on the opposite side, I am telling you that every good, peace, rest, and calm comes from poverty. Only look at the faces of those who are truly poor. How happy and joyful they are. The only thing that saddens them is when I am offended, and this sadness fattens rather than distresses the soul. Through poverty they have gained the highest of riches. By leaving darkness behind, they discover the most perfect light for themselves. By leaving behind worldly sadness, they have come to possess happiness. In place of mortal goods, they find the immortal. The greatness of consolations is theirs. Their labors and suffering are refreshment to them. They are just and love everyone with a familial love. They do not play favorites. So again, God is explaining to Catherine those who have accepted poverty both materially and spiritually. They are free. They are unencumbered. They are not burdened. And then, therefore, they are joyful. And they love others. They love God and they love others and they don't experience worldly sadness. Because they're not obsessed with anything in the world. They just let it come and let it go. In whom do the virtues of most holy faith and true hope shine forth? Where does the fire of divine charity burn? In those who, by the light of their faith in me, supreme eternal wealth, raise their hope above the world and above all empty riches to embrace true poverty as their bride, along with their servants. And do you know what these servants of poverty are? Contempt for oneself and true humility, which serve and nurture the soul's love for poverty. With this faith and hope blaze with the fire of charity, my servants leaped and leap above riches and selfishness. Just so the glorious apostle Matthew leaped up from his tax booth and leaving his great wealth behind, followed my truth. Who taught you the way and the rule by teaching you to love and follow this poverty. So the main takeaway from this reflection is that poverty is good for the soul. God says both material and spiritual poverty. They're good for the soul because you can focus only on God, who is true richness. However, he does say that it's not bad to possess things only when you are willing to share them. If you are willing to share all your possessions with others and you're not clinging and latching on to them because you're terrified of losing them, then it's a good thing. But the most perfect way really is to put all of your trust in God. Put no trust in any spirit, in any material or spiritual richness. All of your trust is in God. I don't trust in my own virtues. I don't trust in my own knowledge. I don't trust in my money. I don't trust in the stuff in my house. I trust only in God. When you put all of your trust in him and allow yourself to experience that level of poverty, you will experience nothing but happiness and fulfillment. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have the things that you need. That doesn't mean that God wants you to go out and live without shelter and without food and all that. That would be foolish. But God is saying that when you put all of your trust in him, you will experience happiness. And remember, 
that this is from the section titled Divine Providence. God will provide for you everything that you need. Don't worry about it and don't cling to those things because it only brings suffering. It only brings suffering and you can't enter through the narrow gate. Can't do it. So, I thank you so much for listening. And I hope that in whatever way is fitting for you, you will practice this poverty. Use the discernment and the prudence, you know, we talked about last week, to figure out how God is calling you to practice this poverty that will bring you fulfillment. Again, thank you for listening. God bless. Y'all come back now, you hear?